Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, we're going to get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. You can find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. And we're just so grateful that you guys are here and you found us today and you're part of the podcast family. Um, Okay, so here's what we're going with today. And again, I wasn't planning on doing this, but, you know, some topics were just meant to be. And so I had a conversation on this yesterday. A song on Spotify came on this morning coming to the office. I'm like, all right, it was just meant to be. We're just gonna, we're just going to do it. So the topic is this. Can you still smile through the scars? Can you still smile through the scars? You know, you think about men in scripture that were that were beaten. And, you know, I think about Paul, you know, he had 40, 40 stripes, you know, um, he was beaten five times. You know, I think about Jesus, our Lord being scourged in the worst possible way. But think about think about Paul for a second. Then we're going to go to Christ. Think about Paul. He was beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, all those things that he mentioned. And imagine him coming into your local assembly this Sunday. Imagine seeing that man, his his physical body as he's walking up to the pulpit. I mean, just mangled of a man. But the love that he still has, the care that he still has, the concern that he still has for the world and for his brethren. It's incredible, isn't it? So Paul was still able to smile through the scars for you and me, who I think it's safe to say, who have been through tremendously less than what Paul and Jesus has gone through. Are we smiling through our scars? You know, in in our lives, in our lives, as we grow and as we study and as we try to live godly and live as Christ would have us to live. Sometimes you're going to go through some stuff and it's going to hurt. And um, you're going to have some battle scars through certain periods in your life. And um, those battle scars and those hard times and those difficult times that you go through, those times can either make you very, very bitter towards God's people, towards people in general, towards servitude, towards the church, towards Christ himself. It can make you a very, very bitter person. Um, because of the scars that you have to, um, that you have to have now, or you can still smile through those scars, you know, and and what we're going to do today. And I hope this can help us and encourage us, um, as we go through life and as we try to, uh, you know, live as the Lord will want us to live and live more like Christ is we're going to look at Christ and we're going to look at six scars that Christ had to deal with. But even through those scars, Christ was still able to smile. And we're, we're going to use that <clears throat> metaphorically because obviously when you go through certain pain like that, you're not going to physically smile. But we're talking about an internal attitude. We're talking about a Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 attitude. And I think that's the thing that's going to be able to help you 
with the things that you've dealt with, the things that you've had to overcome, the things that you've faced, the things that you've that's been done to you. All those things are scars. But how have you been handling those scars lately? Have you been away from the church? Have you been away from people? Have you been away from Christ? Have you been away from study? Have you turned to other things? Have you turned to bad things? Have you turned to bad company? If so, you've let in your scars and what you've dealt with, you're letting that take over your life, which you know better than I do how tough and how easy that is for those scars to take over. So hopefully, you know, just as um, with the jailer, with Paul, hopefully today we can help to mend those scars for you. Uh, through the scripture and let Jesus mend those scars and we can help to serve. All right. So let's look at this. All right. Can you still smile through the scars? The first scar that Jesus went through as we're looking at through it. And again, there's there's so many. But here's just a couple that I've wanted to really hone in on. Number one, the first scar was in the garden. And when you look at what Jesus went through, he was always there for everybody, wasn't he? I mean, when Peter's mother-in-law was sick, he was there. When Peter fell in the water, he picked him up. When the disciples needed food, he was there. When the 5,000 needed food, he was there. When everybody needed healing, Jesus was always there for everybody. But then in the garden, this is the one time we have recorded where Jesus seriously asked for help. Obviously, he he went to the father in prayer, but I'm talking about asking for help from the disciples in this type of manner. And so he asked the disciples, my soul hurts. <laughs> my soul is sorrowful. This is where he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, can you just stay here and watch with me? And what did they do? They went to sleep on him. You know, the first scar that Jesus had to deal with was the scar of having no help. You know, maybe you know what this feels like, and maybe this is why you really don't help people like you used to. Maybe this is why you're skeptical of people, because at one point in time, you had the heart to truly help people. You truly loved people. You truly wanted to serve people. But over time, you got tired of always being there for everybody else. But the minimal times that you asked for help, nobody showed up for you. You got tired, didn't you? So then that produces bitterness. That produces wrath. That produces anger. That produces being on your own. Isolation. So think about the scar that Jesus had to deal with here in Matthew 26. I just want your help one time, guys. I I just need somebody to sit here with. Jesus didn't ask them to go get him something. Jesus didn't ask them to go perform a miracle. Jesus didn't ask him to do something that they couldn't do. Jesus simply asked them, I just want somebody here with me. I just need somebody. And they couldn't even give him that. Jesus had to deal with that scar. And even though Jesus didn't get the support, the help, the concern that he needed when his life went was about to hit and go into shambles, Guess what Jesus still does for the disciples? He was still able to smile through that scar. He still protected them. If you look at that text at the rest of Matthew chapter 26, he saw that their eyes were heavy in verse 43. And then in verse 45, he told the disciples, sleep on now 
and take your rest. He was still more concerned about them getting rest than one of them waking up to sit with him. And then notice, he said, the hour is at hand that the son of man is going to be betrayed into the hand of sinners. And notice what he said in verse 46. Let's rise and let's go. Well, wait a second. You weren't there for me. I've always been there for you. I've always been there for you. So guess what Jesus could have done as he went away to pray a little bit farther? You know what? I'm going to just leave those boys. I'm going to just leave them because you know what? When, when I needed help, nope, they weren't there for me. So, so maybe I should let them stay here so that the guard can arrest them. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, hey, look, go to sleep for a while because in, in time, we're going to have to wake up and you got to go. Because if you stay here, something bad's about to happen. He still protected them. So even though at times for you, maybe, maybe from family, maybe from your best friends, Maybe even from the the brethren and from the church. Maybe you didn't get the help that you wanted when you needed it. Maybe you didn't get the love and the care and concern that you wanted when you needed it. Maybe you didn't get the card or the text or the phone call or the visit or the concern or the handshake or the hug. You didn't get all that when you needed help. But when everybody else needed it, you were there. Guess what that is? That's a scar. But even though that happened with Jesus, did Jesus isolate him from the brethren? Did Jesus isolate himself from people? Jesus still, let me still protect them. It's it's a beautiful thing, man, when you really look at his scars. So then number two, as as we're walking through this, and I tried to make these as chronological as possible. The first scar was Jesus was sorrowful and he had no help in the garden. Then as we keep going, Jesus said that I'm getting ready to be betrayed in the hand of sinners. And as he says that, then comes Judas. And as Judas comes in Matthew chapter 26, he came and Judas kissed Jesus and he said, hail master. But then notice what Jesus says in verse number 50. Here's the second scar that Jesus had to face. Jesus had to face betrayal. So notice what he says in verse 50. (laughs) Judas kisses him and he says, Hail, Master. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? So even in the midst of his betrayal, guess what? He still looks at Judas in the eye and calls him. Friend. You know, you think about what Jesus always did for Judas. I took care of you. I fed you. I taught you. I protected you. Quite sure that, you know, I gave you power to do all these things. But then you use that to betray me. But then Jesus looks him in the eye. And even in the midst of his, of his betrayal, He still gives him an opportunity to come back. He says, friend, why are you here? Guess what that was? That was a chance for Judas to repent right there. So for you, guess what betrayal is? It's a scar. And don't you think that hurt our Lord? Absolutely it did. 
Everybody knows what it feels like to be betrayed and to betray. Everybody knows because everybody in this world has let somebody else down. Guess what that is in layman terms, in layman's terms, that's betrayal. So then when that happens, have you still been trying to smile through those scars? Or when you feel betrayed by the brethren, when you feel betrayed by God, when you feel betrayed by the world, by your friends, by all these things, how have you been how have you been acting lately? Just always angry, just always just irritated, always just tired of people, always kind of just being on your own. Because you know what? If I'm on my own, nobody can hurt me. If I'm on my own, nobody can say nothing to me. If I'm on my own, nobody has the chance to get close to me. So if you can't get close to me, then guess what you can't do? You can't hurt me if you can't get close to me. So I'm going to be closed off. And I'll never let that happen again. No one's ever going to get close to me again. You've been there before? So maybe you've been being bitter instead of trying to smile through that scar. And looking at this from from these lenses, if you read verse 50 again, can't you see the smile of Jesus? Jesus looking at him. Friend, why are you here? Just let me know. Why are you here? And then after that, they took him. So look at what Jesus is smiling through. And again, we're using the smile as metaphorically speaking, as as an internal peace, Philippians chapter four, even though Jesus was sorrowful and he didn't get any help, did that stop Jesus from being the good, soft person that he needed to be? When Jesus was betrayed by someone that walked with him, talked with him, did Jesus let that harden his heart towards Judas and towards other people? No, Jesus was still able to smile through the scars. What about you? Can you say the same thing about yourself? We always say and we always sing, we want to be more like him, more like you, more like our Lord, more like him be. But we've gone years being bitter because of what people have done. So do we really have the heart of Christ like we think we do? So then number three, can you smile through the scars? Then chronologically, as we look at this to the best of my ability, then we have Judas. And as he's doing this now, verse 51, behold, one of them that were with Jesus struck out his hand and drew out his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. And we know that was Peter. So now the mob is coming. Then Judas smites off the ear of Malchus. And as he smites off that ear of Malchus, notice what Jesus could have done as he's being arrested. You know what? I can't kill him. But you know what? I'm not the one that cut off his ear. So you know what? I'm going to let him suffer because at least if I can get a little bit of revenge, let me get what I can get out of it. So even though Malchus's ear was cut off and Malchus was one of the ones that was going to take Jesus, what did Jesus do? Let's read verse 52. And then Jesus said unto him, talking about Peter, put again your sword in your place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my father now that he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels if I needed it? 
But then how should the scripture be fulfilled if I do that? It won't be. So now Jesus still helps his captors. That's a scar. You know, as you go through life, sometimes as you go through this life, um, there's going to be things that happen that you feel like, what's the best way I can put it? Um, there's going to be stuff that's going to happen that you feel like the world is against you. And it feels like things and people are against you. And when that happens, when you see the world and when you see your job and when you see those things and people, when you see them fall, then guess what? That's a temptation to do. Ha. Maybe maybe that's what they get for hurting me. Right. Maybe that's what they get. I didn't do it. It it was just karma. I didn't do it. Somebody else did it. I didn't do it. They did it to themselves. So you know what? I'm going to take satisfaction because my hands are clean. I didn't do nothing. But to see them hurt makes me feel good. Jesus could have felt that with 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 uh, with Malchus, couldn't he? I mean, I, I mean, I, I'm not the one that cut his ear off. So I could just walk off and at least have some satisfaction that one of my captors, his ears cut off and I didn't do it. So. I'm kind of good with that because, you know, I want him to suffer. So at least he won't be able to hear in that ear for the rest of his life. But notice what Jesus did. Even though Jesus had a scar, he still helped his captors. You see, I'm reminded of what the Proverbs writer mentions where he says, be careful when your enemy falls. Lest the Lord turn his anger from him. We got to be careful, guys. This is this is a whole The things that we go through in this life, it's a whole attitude switch, man, if we want to be like Jesus, like we say we do. It's a whole attitude switch. And so Jesus still helped his captors, which is crazy to think about that. So now let's look at the fourth scar. Then as Jesus is being taken, obviously we understand that he's put in front of certain people, obviously Pilate, obviously other people he's, he's put in front of. But then Jesus takes a scourging. And as he takes that scourging, lash after lash, men who are trained to cause other people pain. And he takes those on his back. And his skin is literally scarring off. They put our Lord in a in a purple robe to make fun of him. They have a thorn of crowns, and we're not talking about the little rose thorns when you when you pick a rose. We're talking about thorn thorns. We're talking about some big ones. And they're 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 putting that in our Lord's head. And we know that when you put a thorn on the on the region of the head, that we know that blood will instantly come down. Imagine the pain, the weariness, the dizziness. The nausea, the numbness that our Lord would have felt. That's just all physical right now. Okay? That's all just physical. And then on top of that, he has to carry a heavy cross. And then on top of that, after our Lord is carrying that heavy cross, people are making fun of him. And they're laughing. And they're spitting in his face, knowing that he's nauseated. And they're playing games with him. Which one of us spit on you? 
Here's a fourth scar. When the Bible says that Jesus took all that, what what does the scripture say that Jesus did? And he did not say a word. Here's our fourth scar. Sometimes in this life, you're going to get beaten. Maybe not physically, but let's use that metaphorically. Other people always got something to say about you, don't they? Other people always have their opinions on you, don't they? Other people always think they know your motives, don't they? Other people always think they know exactly what you're doing, right? And all these things they're saying about you. And they're making fun of you. And they're taking their company away from you. And they're saying this. And they feel that. And they're saying that. And they believe this. And they did that. All these things that people do. And then guess what we do? We talk just as loud as a sailor about them. And we can't stop talking about them. But our Lord... Our Lord went through the worst pain that a man could ever go through. And he didn't say anything. And we're going through stuff that is exponentially less, tremendously less than what Jesus went through. And all we do is talk. Whether in person or in private, all we do is talk. And we say we want to be like Jesus. We got to wake up. We got to wake up, man. Sometimes when these things happen inside the body and out. One thing that I've been taught and learning, sometimes you just don't have to say anything. Because if our Lord can take that and not say a word, when someone does something, says something, believes something, feels something, I cannot say something. I, I can be quiet too. Because last time I checked this morning when I looked in the mirror, I'm not getting beaten with lashes. I'm not getting a crown of thorns on my head. I'm not being mocked. I'm not being spit upon. So guess what? I can take it. So whatever people want to say, believe whatever, I can take it. Because guess what? Our Lord took it. So what does that say about our strength when people say this and do this and do that and then we just blow a gasket? Brethren, we got to check ourselves, man. We got to check ourselves, man. Because our Lord didn't say a word. And on top of that, Jesus said, I can imagine Jesus whispering to Peter, do you understand what I could do right now? Why did you do that? Do you understand that if I needed help, I could call 12 legions of angels? Our Lord, man, he was different. He was different, man. And that's somebody that we need to strive to be is like him. Because I think sometimes what we do sometimes is we use other people as a standard when that's not what we're supposed to be doing. He's the standard. Last time I read my Bible, looking unto Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, the author and the finisher of our faith. Guess what Jesus is teaching us in Matthew 26? how to start and how to begin your faith through scars. So we got to wake up, brethren. Maybe it's time to show a little bit more patience. Maybe it's time to show a little bit more compassion. Then the fifth scar. After all that happens to our Lord, and as our Lord is on the cross, 
Um, his hands are nailed, as is described. And as his, as his hands are nailed in Matthew chapter 27, they allow our Lord, they make him walk up Golgotha. They gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall, and they crucified him. And as they're crucifying him, they're casting lots that it might be fulfilled in verse 35. And they put a, a marker above his head. <laughs> King of the Jews making fun of him. Still trying to be slick, even when our Lord is on the cross. Then in verse 38 of chapter 27 of Matthew, we have two thieves. And the one thief on the cross, he looks to Jesus. And as he looks at him, he says, Lord, remember me in your kingdom. And Jesus tells him, today you will be in paradise. Here's the fifth scar. Jesus helps the thief even though he's tired. You know, you think about what our Lord had physically just got done going through. The worst pain, I mean, I can't even begin. I can't, I, I won't even try to begin to imagine what his body must have felt like as he's hanging on the cross and gasping up for air on a wooden cross with a battle scarred back just to breathe. And they're still making fun of him when he can't do anything about it. Well, he can, but he chooses not to. Let me change that. He chooses not to, which shows his meekness. So think about how tired he would have been. So when we get tired, what are the emotions that we feel physically when we get tired? Irritated, short-tempered, short, sharp, angry. We just walk off. We just don't even want to deal with people, right? So Jesus is on that cross. He knows he's on there wrongfully. He knows that at any second, he could literally call 12 angels, 12 legions of angels to literally destroy everything. He knows he can do all these things, but he still suffers because he knows this is what our, what the father wants. And as he's on that cross, tired, and someone says, remember me in your kingdom. Jesus could have thought about himself in that moment. I can barely breathe right now. I don't even want to talk to you. I'm suffering right now. They're casting lots literally right below my feet right now. They have a, a sign above me making fun of me right now. I, got, I ain't got time to think about you. I don't have time to think about your struggles. I don't have time to think about what you're going through. I don't have time to think about you at all. So leave me alone. Sound familiar? First time, first thing someone crosses you when you're tired. First time someone gets mad at you when you're tired, what do you do? You go off. You go off. But did Jesus? And again, who do we say we want to be like, y'all? I'm just saying what we've been singing for the past 29 years of my life. I'm just saying what we've been singing and praying about. So he helps the thief even when he's tired. You know, think about you physically. 
if you've been in the house, if you've been outside, if you've been working in the yard, if you've been doing all this stuff and you're tired and then someone else puts more work on you, how does that make you feel? Irritated, right? The fifth scar was even though Jesus was tired, he was still serving on the cross. There's going to be times where you're just, you're tired. You're done. You're spent. You you have nothing left. And in that moment, you're going to get a phone call. You're going to get a text. You're going to hear a knock on the door. And someone legit is going to need help. What are you going to do? Now, obviously, we understand that you need to take time for you. You need to take time for the family. You need to take time for yourself. So you can't just be the errand boy. You can't just be. And that's another lesson for another day. So keeping this in context, we understand that Jesus was God. So he had the ability and the capability to do whatever, whenever he wanted to. But when you think about it, in terms of your heart and your attitude towards certain things, Are you willing to serve even when you're tired? You know, as you walk through this Christian life and as you mature and grow in Christ, naturally, you're just going to naturally start to see issues and problems in yourself. And you're naturally going to start seeing issues and problems in the church. And when you see those things and when you see how far you have to go to even remotely try to turn things around, It could get you tired just thinking about it. Man, it's going to take this. It's going to take that. It's going to take this. It's going to be so long. But you got to think about it. Even though it's going to be a tiring work, are you still willing to serve? You know, I think about I think about a parent, you know, specifically, I think about a mother. The the tireless effort that a mother gives that even my, my mother has given. So why do why do moms like that just keep going even when they're completely spent? Why what motivates them to keep doing it? Like what motivates them to keep serving and loving and helping? What what's the motivation behind it? It's love, 1 Corinthians 13. And John 3:16. So what should be our motivating factor for our brethren and for the world? The same love. Do we have it? Maybe that's something we got to work on. Then as we close this thought process with me, as we've studied in Matthew chapter 26 and 27, here's the last scar. As Jesus is on the cross, after he talks to the thief, remember, as everybody is there and they're watching this, Jesus looks and says, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I put this scar down here last because I think this is the hardest, one of the hardest. Here's the sixth scar. Jesus forgave those who gladly hurt him. You know, you think about you think about what they were doing. They were glad to see his downfall. They were glad to see his downfall. 
and they celebrated his downfall. How do we know that? Because they let Barabbas go. (laughs) They let literally an infamous murderer go. That's how bad they wanted him. That's how bad they wanted to see him suffer. So you think about our Lord not saying a word when he's beaten, when he's spit upon. But think about everybody else in the crowd. Ooh, got him. Yes. Finally got this man. Think about how the Pharisees and the Sadducees felt. They had to arrest the man illegally at night just to get what they wanted out of him. Sad to say, that may or may not happen to you in life too. There may be those at school for you guys. There may be those at work for you guys. And in other places, people who gladly want to see you fail. They want to see you fall. For whatever reason that is, I don't know. But that's just how some things and some people are. They just they just want to see you fail. And it gives them a certain level of satisfaction to see someone fall. Maybe out of jealousy, maybe out of wrath, maybe out of anger, maybe out of frustration. Whatever that is, it brings a certain level of joy to see somebody like that fall. And think about how much joy it would have brought them. Jesus of Nazareth to fall. But little did they know, Jesus was not the one falling. They were. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Can you forgive those that want to see you hurt? That maybe have hurt you. Can you forgive them? Our Lord did. And who do we say that we're so close to individually? I am so close to Christ and everybody else is wrong. I am so close to him. I'm isolating myself. I'm so close to Christ and everybody else that has done me wrong. Everybody else is wrong and everybody else needs to come to me and everybody else needs to. Wait a second. Is that the attitude of Christ? How would you have taken scar number six? Forgiving those who gladly hurt you. Our Lord forgave them. You know, you think about these scars that Jesus went through. Each individual scar could have turned Jesus bitter. And they have the opportunity to turn you into a bitter person, too. Maybe it already has. So the question is. Throughout all these things that have happened in your life up to this point today. Can you truly say in your heart of hearts? I've been smiling through the scars. something to think about in it but when you really sit down and and you know what we did today as we look through scripture in Matthew 25 26 and 27 Jesus took us back and I kind of imagine this conversation as a chair and Jesus is sitting in that chair his body mangled holes in his hands holes in his feet blood all over his body and we were sitting around with a bowl of water trying to mend him up and mending the wounds sometimes you don't understand the wounds until you see them 
and you have to mend them. And then maybe you look at his body and what he went through. And then you start looking at yours, how yours looks, and it's nowhere near where his was. But we complain more than he did. It's a shame. It's a shame. We got to wake up, man. We got to wake up. Because our Lord is the perfect example. And if we want to have the heart of him that we say we do. All these things and all these scars that Jesus went through. We have to do what he did. Does it make it easy? Absolutely not. It doesn't. Does it make it fun? Absolutely no, it doesn't. But just because something is hard doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do. Can you still smile through the scars? Hope that I was able to help you and encourage you today. Um, I was just, I don't know, man. It was just, it was just a podcast that was meant to be. You know, it was a conversation yesterday. Song came on the radio or on Spotify. I was like, ugh, Spotify's at it again. Right, Spotify's in my mind, know what I'm feeling. And then it was just like, you know what? We're just going to do it. You know, it was just kind of meant to be. So um, I hope that was able to help you. And if it has, you know, hopefully you can share it and maybe it can help somebody else. So we're just here to to be more like Christ and um, serve him and, and to have his heart as he explained to us in Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 9. So uh, appreciate you guys. Again, the studio is being built. Look, y'all, I'm so excited about this. Um, hopefully it'll look really nice. Um, we can record, have some guests in there. I'm really excited about the opportunities of where the Lord has taken us with this podcast. So hopefully, uh, this has helped and Lord willing, we will see you guys on Monday. Thanks guys.